Welcome aboard, historians, to the NCC 73117, USS Little Hero. I'm Captain William. And I'm Commander Vicky. And if you'll step right this way, historians, we'll go to Holodeck 2, where we will continue our adventures of Captain Kirk and his beloved crew. Commander Vicky, will you take us to the coordinates where we belong? Onward and upward, Captain. Make it so. Vicky's Adventures in Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And today we are doing Season 2, or no, I'm sorry, Season 3, Episode 3, The Paradise Syndrome. So Vicky, would you like to tell everybody where they can find us? You can find us on Google. Podcast, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Public Radio, CastBox, Amazon Music, Stitcher, and... Spotify, and Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. Very correct, where it all started. So, Vicky, what else can they do? Contact us at Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek at gmail.com or Facebook, Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek. Correct. What else? Uh, where can they get a merch shirt? At www.vickystartrek.com. So, Vicky, Season 3, Episode 3, The Paradise Syndrome. What did you think was going to happen today? Kirk is being down to a paradise city where he they wipe his memory clean and he must fight to get his memory back. Well, you're close. I mean, you're very close. I'll give you that one. I, I thought he beamed down. By himself. But he didn't. Well, right. So he could check out the paradise. Right. But that's that's not the way it worked. Right. So it says here, Kirk loses loses his memory and joins the descendants of a tribe of Native Americans. Okay, because I thought they put him in some kind of device to wipe his memory so he could stay there. So. With him. So technically, if you want the truth and you want me to spoil it for him now, no, I can't. In fact, I really could without saying a lot. We shall not spoil it for them now. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Okay. If that's how you want it. Onward and upward, Captain. All right. Here we go.
very beautiful planet. And where are they? What is this planet called? So, according to everything, this planet is called Amerid. A-M-E-R-I-N-D. Is an inhabited planet said to be half a galaxy away from Earth, which was nonetheless discovered in the 23rd century to certain settlements of pre-industrial humanoids, the Armid inhabitants. Look at those pine trees and that lake. I swear that's honeysuckle I smell. I swear that's a little orange blossom thrown in. It's unbelievable. Growth. Exactly like that of Earth, on a planet half a galaxy away. What are the odds on such duplication? Astronomical, Captain. The relative size, age, and composition of this planet makes it highly improbable that it would evolve similarly to Earth in any way. What in blazes is that? Analysis box. An alien metal of some kind, an alloy resistant to probe. Reading. So, it is an obelisk. It's actually, do you want the real termination of what it is? Sure, why not? It is actually a deflector array to take and shoot asteroids just enough out of their, out of their trajectory towards this planet to keep the planet safe. Right. That's basically what they are. Same thing as the array on, uh, the Midas array on uh, Enterprise that uh, Paxton procures. Gotcha. So, yeah. This can't even measure its age accurately. These incised symbols are fascinating. Evidently, some form of writing. Any theories about what it is? Negative, Captain. But structures of this complexity require extremely sophisticated building apparatus, the kind usually found in cultures surpassing or equaling our own. Meadows, no media craters, the whole place is an enigma, biologically and culturally. What's the nearest concentration of life forms with spot? In case anyone doesn't know what an enigma is, depending on what context you're using it in, enigma is something that is a mystery. Yes. Is what the definition of it is. But the Germans during World War II had a device called the Enigma machine. Because it would decode, it would, as you typed it in, it would code, set the code to another Enigma machine and decode it. Right. It was very advanced for the time frame. Right. So, and uh, I forgot to say at the beginning, I am sorry we did not record last week. Vicky lost her voice last week, so it's been an ordeal. Yeah, for like one day. Yeah. I'm like, on that day. <laughs> I don't know what the heck the deal was, but whatever. Right. Bearing 117 Mark 4. And how much time did you say we have to investigate? If we had to divert the asteroid, which is on a collision course with this planet, we must warp out of orbit within 30 minutes. Every second we delay arriving at the deflection point compounds the problem, perhaps past solution. You did say 30 minutes. Yes, sir. Then let's go. Let's find out what life forms are blessed by this environment.
look like. I'd swear they're American Indians. They are, Doctor. And that was A mixture of Navajo, Mohegan. Who are they? American Indians. Well, let's see here. Navajo, Mohican, and uh, Delaware, I believe. I believe you are correct. Yeah, Na Navajo, Mohican, and Delaware. Okay. And Delaware, I believe. All among the more advanced and peaceful tribes. It's like discovering Atlantis. Or Shangri-La. Shangri-La. You know what Shangri-La is? Why don't you tell us? Let me pull it up here. Shangri-La was a mythical earthly paradise isolated from society. Gotcha. Almost exited out of my whole entire internet. That would have been fun. Is it possible there's a more evolved civilization somewhere else on this planet? One capable of building that obelisk or developing a deflector system? Highly improbable, Captain. Sensor probes indicate only one type of life form here. Shouldn't we contact them, Jim? Tell them? Tell them what? That an asteroid's coming to smash their world into atoms? Too primitive to grasp the concept of space flight, Doctor. Our appearance here would only serve to confuse and frighten them. We've got a job to do. Let's get back to the Enterprise. <laughs> Complicated, no problems, no command decisions. Just living. Typical human reaction to an idyllic natural setting. Back in the 20th century, we referred to it as the Tahiti Syndrome. It's particularly common to over... Tell us what the Tahiti Syndrome is. Tahiti Syndrome was an obsolete 20th century term for a typical human recreation to an idyllic natural settings it was an attra uh, attraction to a peaceful and uncomplicated environment far away from the needs to make decisions into which they could escape it was said to be particularly common in overpressured leader types such as starship captains gotcha pressured leader types like starship captains ah uh, tahiti syndrome uh. Let's go take care of that asteroid. <laughs> but first, I want another look at that obelisk. Doctor? Yes? I suggest that any further research on your part be delayed until after we have diverted the asteroid. Kirk to Enterprise.
Hoffman's log, stardate 4842.6, First Officer Spock commanding. Numerous search parties and repeated sensor probes of the area have failed to locate Captain Kirk. Spock to Enterprise. Enterprise, come in, Mr. Spock. Prepare to beam us up, Mr. Scott, warping out of orbit. Leaving? You can't be serious, Spock. Doctor, that asteroid is almost as large as your Earth's moon. Far enough away, the angle necessary to divert it enough to avoid destruction is minute. <coughs> but as the asteroid approaches this planet, the angle becomes so great that even the power of a starship... The devil with an asteroid! It won't get here for two months, Spock! If we arrive at the deflection point in time, it may not get here at all. In the meantime, what about Jim? Once the asteroid has been diverted, we'll return here and resume the search. That may be hours from now. He may be injured or dying. Doctor, assume this is the planet we're on. This is the approaching asteroid. If we don't get to that deflection point in time, it will become physically impossible to divert this asteroid. In that case, everyone on this planet will die, including the captain. Can a few more minutes matter, Spock? In the time it has taken me to explain the problem, the asteroid has moved from here to here. The longer we delay, the less the likelihood of being able to divert it. Beam us up, Mr. Scott. And all the time, they did not know that he was in the obelisk itself. Right. Where am I? the daughter of Goro. Thank you. 
We are your people. We've been waiting for you to come to us. Captain's log, Stardate 4843.6. First Officer Spock commanding. We've been en route to the asteroid for several hours. Our delay on the planet's surface has made it imperative that we proceed at maximum warp speed for a period which exceeds the recommended safety margin. I can't give you warp nine much longer, Mr. Spock. These engines are beginning to show signs of stress. Stress or not, we cannot reduce speed. I do not intend to miss that deflection point. All right, but we're moving further into the danger range all the time. If these circuits... Deflection noted, Mr. Scott. Carry on. So, have you noticed anything about Mr. Scott? Throughout all the seasons we've watched so far. Uh, no. He has this obsession with the engines of the Enterprise that we are watching. Because he helped build them, he helped install them, these are his babies. Gotcha. And he's an engineer. And he takes care of them. That's why in one of the episodes he said, I'll sit on them and nurse them myself if I have to. Right. In this one you're going to hear him say, my barons, my poor barons. He's actually saying babies. Right. It just comes through a little weird. Iramani has said that you appeared to her and to her handmaiden from the walls of the temple, just as our legend foretells. We do not doubt the words of our priestess, but these are troubled times, and we must be sure. I'll answer anything I can, but as I told you, many things are strange to me. He knows nothing of our danger. How can he save us? It is against custom to interrupt the tribal elder at council. Even for the medicine chief, Elder. Words will not save... So, these two, the one in the far, the older one, that is Goro. He is the tribal elder and chief of the American Indian tribe that lived on the planet. Right. The other one is Salish. Salish, right now, is the medicine chief. Right. Among the tribe of the American Indians who lived on the planet. The medicine man, Salish, was bound to marry Marimani, the tribal princess, in accordance with their tribal customs. Right. That's when the skies darken. We must be certain. I say he must prove he is a god. Our skies have darkened three times since the harvest. The last time, worst of all. Our legend predicts such danger and promises that the wise ones who planted us here will send a god to save us, one who can rouse the temple spirit and make the sky grow quiet. Can you do this? I came from the temple, as Hermione said, and it was a beginning for me here but I came from the sky too only I can't remember I can't remember Salish the terrible thing has happened the 
boy was attending the fishnets, and he became entangled in them and sank to the bottom of the river. Lumo brought him up quickly, but he doesn't move. There is no sound in the body. There is no light in the eyes. He will move no more. Wait a moment. So what we're gonna see William Shatner do, basically back in the day, that was what you did to a drowning victim. You didn't, you know, back then, you know, that was what they, what worked, but you know, it's not exactly what it is anymore. Right. People are grateful. It's a simple technique. It goes way back. Way back. Only God can breathe life into the dead. Do you still question? Give him the medicine badge. You know, this episode could have been so much shorter if they A knew how to get into the obelisk to begin with. Right. They would have just went up and, and found out that the sailors didn't know shit on how to get in there. They would have taught him which might have gone against tradition and the prime directive. But to save the people might be worth it. Right. Then show over. Yep. Magnification. 
representation of factor 12, Mr. Silver? Aye, sir. Deflection point minus four. All engines stop. Hold position here. All engines stop, sir. Prepare to activate deflectors. I see. Power dropping, sir. Engineering, maintain full power. Full power. Dilithium crystal circuits failing, sir. We'll have to replace it. Not now. Zero. Deflection point. Now, sir. Activate deflectors. So the deflector, <coughs> sorry, the deflector on the Enterprise uh -huh. is where that big dish sits on the front of it. They change it to like a lot more, uh, God, what I want to call it, uh, but it's not like, it doesn't look like a satellite dish anymore. Right. So yeah, that's where the beam's coming from. Mr. Not enough, Mr. Spock. It's only 0 0.0013 degrees. Engineering. Recircuit power to engines. Maximum speed, heading 37 mark 010. Aye, sir. That heading will put us directly in the asteroid's path, sir. Correct, Mr. Chekhov. I intend to retreat in front of that asteroid until we can employ all power on phaser beams. What for? To destroy it. A narrow beam concentrated on a single spot will split that mass. It might also cripple the ship, and we would be crushed by the asteroid. Incorrect. We'll still be able to get out of its path by use of impulse power. Jim won't be able to get out of his path. That, Doctor, is another calculated risk we must take. cloak there will be no ritual between us now Salish what do you mean we cannot go against tradition it is because of tradition that I cannot marry you but you are promised to me that was before he came tribal priestess and medicine chief are always joined he is medicine chief now Salish, choose another. Any maiden would be honored to join with you. I wish no other. You have no choice. Miramani, if you could choose. you choose me? The silence is damning. No comment from you? Right. I thought you would have said that part that I just said. <laughs> right. 
perhaps you would like to bathe now. Tell me about the wise ones. Tell? But a god knows everything. Not this one. Tell me. The wise ones brought us here from far away. They chose a medicine chief to keep the secret of the temple and to use it when the sky darkens. Secrets of the temple. There are no lacings. How is this thing removed? The secrets were passed on from father to son. Yes, how does this open? Why doesn't Salish use it? Why are the people in danger? His father did not wish to share his power too soon. He died before he told Salish the secret. Bum, bum, bum. rejoice and wish to honor your name but I did not know what you wish to be called what may I tell them Pleased you? No, no, everything's fine. And it must be ourselves, the way we live. Perhaps we have not improved as quickly as the wise ones wish. Your land is rich, your people happy. Who could be displeased with that? But there is something. Tell us. We will change it. I can't tell you anything. I can tell you is that I'm happy and peaceful here. I'm not sure, but I think I've never felt that way before. Why are they so sure I can help them? Well, you came from the stone metal. Did you not bring life to the child? Yes, but I... I need time to remember. Here there is much time. For everything. Because this is the higher definition and everything. Right. The way the asteroid looked as it was coming, as it was, as the Enterprise is backing off and it's coming towards it, looked kind of creepy. It did. <laughs> At that point zero four one. That is our target, the asteroid's weakest point. Almost dead center, sir. 
Lock all phases on that mark. Maximum intensity, narrow beam. I want to split that fissure wide open. You sound like you're cutting a diamond. Very astute, Doctor. All phases locked, sir. We'll fire in sequence and continue firing as long as Mr. Scott can maintain power. Standing by, sir. Fire phasers. My question is, why are you using phasers when you can use photon torpedoes? Right. Because even Reed said, the photon torpedoes, they could literally set a destination for it and set it up so it didn't blow up until it went to that certain destination. So, why are you using phasers? Don't know. I don't either. It's confusing. But it would also make the episode a lot shorter, too. Right. Probably. This is one firing. Ritual clock is finished. If it pleases you, I would like to name the joining day. The joining day? I'm the daughter of the chief. Tribal law betrothes me to our leader. If there's another, I will step aside. No, Hermione, there's no one else in my mind or my heart. God's wish is above tribal law. Name the joining day. The sooner our happiness together begins, the longer it will last. Tomorrow. for any more Wart 9 speeds, Mr. Spock. Our star drive is completely burned out. The only thing we have left is impulse power. Estimated repair time. Hang on here in space? Forever! The only thing that'll fix these poor darlings is the nearest repair base. I've already surmised that. Thank you, Mr. Scott. Well, Spock, you took your calculated risk in your calculated Vulcan way and you lost. You lost for us, you lost for that planet, and you lost for Jim. I accept the responsibility, Doctor. And my responsibility is the health of this crew. You've been driving yourself too hard, and I want you to get some rest. Mr. Chekhov, resume heading 883, Mark 41. Back to that planet without warp speed, it'll take months, Spock. Exactly 59.223 days, Doctor. And that asteroid. Spock, is that accurate? Right. Droid will be four hours behind us, all the way. Well, then what's the use? We might not be able to save the captain even if he still is alive. We might not be able to save anything, including the ship. Hey. 
said. All you've been doing is staring at that blasted obelisk. Another calculation. Vulcan risk, Doctor. Joining means the end of darkness. It's a time for joy for all my people. You will wait until I walk the holy path to the Earth Lodge first. You give me time to tell the priestess that you follow and that the joining will take place. ever attained such happiness. Get out of my way, Salish. Even though you be a god, Kirak, I cannot permit this joining. Nobody's asking for your permission. Then you must strike me dead. I have no intention of striking you dead. You are no god. Reporting to sickbay. There isn't time, Doctor. I must decipher those obelisk symbols. They're a highly advanced form of cipher writing. You've been trying to do that ever since we started back to that planet. 58 days. I'm aware of that, Doctor. I'm also aware that when we arrive at the planet, we'll have barely four hours to effect rescue. I believe those symbols are the key. Well, you won't read them by killing yourself. You've hardly eaten or slept for weeks. Now, if you don't let up, you're going to collapse. I'm not hungry, Doctor. And under stress, we Vulcans can do without sleep for weeks. Well, your Vulcan metabolism is so low it can hardly be measured. And as for the pressure, that green ice water you call blood... My physical condition is not important, Doctor. <laughs> that obelisk is. Well, my diagnosis is exhaustion. Brought on from overwork and guilt. 
You're blaming yourself for crippling this ship, just as we blamed you. But we were wrong. So are you. You made a command decision. Jim would have done the same. My prescription is rest now. Do I have to call the security guards to enforce it? The impulse engines, or impulse drive, was a common popular uh, propulsion system used on starships used to create impulse power in order to achieve impulse speeds. Um, it says here, the Federation ships, the impulse drive was essentially an augmented fusion rocket. It's usually consisting of one or more fusion reactors and drive coil assemblies and a a uh, vectored thrust nozzle to direct the plasma exhaust the fusion reaction generated a highly in energized plasma this plasma electroplasma could be employed for propulsion or could be diverted through the EPS to the power transfer grid via EPS conduits so that so as to supply other systems the accelerated plasma was passed through the drive coils, thereby generating a subspace field that imp uh, <clears throat> improved the propulsion effect. Right. Just in case no one knew what uh, impulse drives were, that's what it is. Right. It's plasma. It's actually electric plasma. Right.
It may make you happy. So, pregnancy lasts how long? A month, yeah. Okay, how long are they going to be to get back there? Fifty-eight days at last acknowledgement from McCoy. Gotcha. So she's going to be how long for a long? Nine months. Oh. She's going to be about 58 days along in her pregnancy. Gotcha. When they get there. Gotcha. Wait. These last few weeks. My love for Miramani grows stronger with each passing day. However, the dreams return every night. Fragments of memories. I can almost get hold of them. And then... A papoose. Or baby carrier. I bear your child. food and as you taught us pre preserve 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 for times of famine <laughs> that is why you made the lamb kurak so that i would never know when it was night and i would be oh. forever cooking oh no 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 that's not why i made the lamp at all to keep you forever cooking Nothing you cannot do, my husband. 
Well, what do you wait for, God? Your robes? sleep. You prescribed rest, doctor. The symbols on the obelisk are not words. They are musical notes. Musical notes? You mean it's nothing but a song? In a way, yes. Other cultures, among them certain Vulcan offshoots, use musical notes as words. The tones correspond roughly to an alphabet. Were you able to make any sense out of the symbol? Yes, yes. the obelisk is a marker, just as I thought. What? It was left by a super race known as the Preserver. Because the Native Americans have flutes, uh, pan flutes to be precise. They have other flutes. They have drums, you know, bells. Well, technically bells. Um, you know, stuff like that. They could literally open that at any time if they know the right sequence. Right. They passed through the galaxy rescuing primitive cultures which were in danger of extinction and seeding them, so to speak, where they could live and grow. I've always wondered why there were so many humanoids scattered through the galaxy. So have I. Apparently, the preservers account for a number of them. That's probably how the planet has survived all these centuries. The preservers put an asteroid deflector on the planet. Which has now become defective and is failing to operate. And we have to find that deflector and put it back into working order. See, what they don't know is it's not failing to operate. It's nobody knows how to get in there and operate it. Right. Otherwise, precisely, Doctor.
My wife. Is she all right? Wife? Wife. Oh, <laughs> right? Jim. Miramani. has given you something to ease the pain. Why were you being stoned? Karak could not get back into the temple. Naturally, since he did not come from there. I saw him come, come. brain is unimpaired. Everything else is functioning normally except his memory. Can you help him? Take time. Time, Dr. McCoy, is the one thing we do not have in abundance. He's right. Spock here. Traffic report, sir. 65 minutes to end of safety margin. Report noted. Doctor, is he strong enough for the Vulcan mind fusion? We have no choice. immediately. Captain, we do not have much time. McCoy. I don't know how to get inside. If 
are not able to gain entry and activate the deflector mechanism within the next 50 minutes, this entire planet will be destroyed. The key must be in these symbols. We've got to decipher them. I already have to some extent, Captain. They are musical notes. You mean entry can be gained by playing certain notes on a musical instrument? That would be one method. Another would be a series of tonal qualities spoken in their proper sequence. Give me your communicator. Tonal control, consonants and vowels. I must have hit it accidentally when I contacted the ship. If you could remember your exact words, Captain. Captain, but far more complicated. Careful. I must have hit something accidentally. The beam caught me, and that's when I stopped remembering. Probably a memory beam. You must have activated it out of sequence. There's more symbols. Can you read them? I do have an excellent eye for musical notes, Captain. They would seem to indicate that this series of relays activated in their proper spot. Just press the right button. Press the right button. I love you, Mirabai. 
because they don't have warp drive anymore. Right. So this is one of a few times Kirk falls in love and the person he falls in love with doesn't make it at the end. Gotcha. We're going to see more of that coming up. Um, Kirk is known as being the ladies' man. We could also say the same for William Riker. Right. We could also say the same for um, Tom Paris until he meets Bolana. We could also say the same for some of the other people that we've seen in Enterprise and, and stuff like that. It, it all depends on the person, but, you know, it is what it is. Right. So, Vicky, on a scale of 1 to 10, where do you put this bad boy? I put this one in an 8. Okay. I'm going to have to give this one a 9 because I do like the storyline. Right. So. Who do you think this episode hinged on? Well, it hinged on the Native Americans because it's about them. Well, only the three, but yeah. Well, yeah. Kirk, of course. Mm hmm. Spock, Bones, and Scotty. Uh-huh. For, for trying to stop the asteroid. Right. Okay. Check off. Okay. Sulu. Um. Did you, yeah, you did say McCoy. Nurse Chapel. Yep. So, yeah. So, is there anything you noticed on this episode? No. What did you notice? I didn't. Okay. I decided to ask if you did. No. Alright, well, I guess until next time, I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And we'll catch you in the next mission. Bye.